Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath. And feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Michael Fabiano, alongside the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. How are you feeling, bro? Oh, hello. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, I kind of died uh, <laughs> Monday, well, Monday I'm night. I'm glad you were resurrected. Yeah, my, <laughs> I, I had a s- severe stomach problem on Monday night and uh, had, had to miss a few games, mm-hmm. but now I'm back. Yeah, glad to have you back. Uh, we are on Fridays now. Graham and I will be doing the podcast Woo-hoo! Fridays to review Thursday night football and then go into all of your Sunday games and uh, before we get into that Rams-Seahawks game, and that was a heck of a game, uh, let's go behind the glass and intro our pal Kent Brown. How are you guys? It's good being back here. It's good being with both of you. And yeah, this will become the regular Friday trio, it looks yep. like. So game previews and getting it set. And how about that game last night? That was good. Dude, man. Yeah, I'll tell you something. Don't trust kickers. <laughs> well, no, 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 not even that. That roughing penalty was BS, dude. Well, Clay and Matt, that was not roughing the court. I mean, come on. There, there I love been, the NFL, but geez Louise. Yeah. Let there, it play. There have been uh, quite a few. I will leave it as just questionable calls yeah, dude, that when was, it comes that was bad. When it comes to those types of situations we've seen this year. Yep. Uh, Russell Wilson goes off. By the way, on Thursday's NFL Fantasy Live, I predicted four touchdowns. Nice. I got four. He should have had five. I got four. Arguably he should have had five because that Jerome Brown Jerome Brown stopped running on a scramble drill. Yep. Yeah, in the so, red zone. Russell in, in so Russell's odd. If you've been playing fantasy football for a long time, you know he is a slow starter typically this year. Eh, 14 touchdowns in five games. I get it. He's not Mahomes, 
But, I mean, he's right there with Lamar Jackson at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, so I, I think I saw a stat this morning. I can't remember uh, who tweeted it, and I'm sorry for not giving credit. But over his last 16 games, he's got like 42 touchdowns and four interceptions. Bananas. Yeah. Bananas good. And uh, I have him in two leagues. Started him in one, but I have Lamar in the other one. Yeah. And so I sat him. And uh, I'm definitely regretting that at this point, although, you know, Lamar Jackson is hey, Fabs. Uh, likely to put up some good Hey, numbers. Fabs. Yeah. Don't ever take quarterbacks early. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. I, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, like two, the, that's like two, three, four right you're there. You're speaking of the choir, my friend. Preaching to the choir. So let's talk about Todd Gurley. Now, as a Todd Gurley owner, I have like three shares of him in my 12 leagues. I feel better now. I, last night, he played 92% of the offensive snaps, nearly 93% of the offensive snaps. He dominated the carries. He dominated the touches. Got the goal line opportunity. Scored a couple of touchdowns. Uh, gave you over 18 fantasy points. So, at this point, I'm feeling pretty good if I'm a girly owner, right? I, I think volume-wise, you have to be happy, right? He's kind of settled into this RB2 role. But I think the, the larger concern was the ceiling for Gurley this year. And, I, I, I mean, yes, he's going to continue to see this the red zone work. He's going to continue to, to be the goal line back on a team that should have quite a few red zone looks. But, I mean, Gurley's now been held under four yards per carry in four straight games. This Rams running game is not as nearly as explosive as, we, as we've seen in the past. And I don't think necessarily Gurley's as explosive as, as we've seen in the past. I mean, he's been held under 10 receiving yards in four of his five games. He's not being used as the same receiver as we've seen in the past, right. too. But, as you mentioned, he's going to continue to see all this red zone volume on a team that we're going to expect to you know put up points all year long and yep. you know, as long as Gurley stays involved there in the red zone he'll be just fine yeah five targets uh, 15 carries and, and I, I sort of wonder you know I get it at the end of last season we didn't see too much of him you know Super Bowl right. maybe he could have played more maybe he should have played more but I'm almost feeling like I mean the the snap percentage has gone up so drastically over the first you know four or five games where maybe the Rams just that was their plan they're going to ease him back in see how he feels and now it looks like he can handle a, a featured workload and uh, he's made Malcolm Brown I mean no more than a handcuff you know we talked about potentially him having some standalone value that is not the case at this point so Todd Gurley owners got to be feeling good you've also got to be feeling good if you've got Chris Carson 27 carries had 28 touches. Had that touchdown where he kind of juggled it a little bit. And did, I don't know if you saw the game. I'm sure you did. But one of his early carries, he almost lost the ball. Yeah. He almost lost the ball. And I was thinking, oh, dude, if he fumbled there, fantasy Twitter would have went crazy. He held on to it. He ends up putting up a huge stat line. And Chris Carson is proving the fantasy community correct. Yes. He is certainly one of the better backs in the league. And he was well worth that top 30 or 40 overall pick. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised, right? I mean, the the, the Seahawks made Car Chris Carson their focal point of their offense last Sunday against the Cardinals. He had 26 touches, just went ham. Should have had a touchdown, but it was called back in that game. And then three, four days later, he comes out and gets 28 touches on Thursday night. He's just a workhorse, man. Yeah, like, he, he's he just is. a stone-cold workhorse. And, and sneakishly last night, Fabs, posted his a career high snap rate at 82%. This comes off a 76% snap rate in week 4. The distance between Carson and Rashad Penny right now is like just miles yep. miles long. Yeah, and, and I think we all kind of figured that. Um the Seahawks probably regretting that first round decision. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of seasons ago moving on. So is Cooper Cup elite now? Yes. Like look at his numbers, okay? Uh in his last what four games, 5 for 120 11 for 101 and two touchdowns, 9 for 121 and a touchdown, 9 for 117 sick, and though. a touchdown. He's sick right now. His targets in the last three games, 12, 15, and 17. So let me ask you a question here, and I threw this out to Twitter yesterday. 
If you have Cooper Cup and someone offers you Odell Beckham Jr., Julio mm. Jones, Ooh. Michael Thomas. He's he's in that conversation. Are you making the move or are you keeping your cup of Cooper? I, I think, it, you know, it, the fact that we're even having this discussion just shows where we're at with cup, right? The bigger thing for me is like, yeah, sure. He, he's not only is he posting just these ridiculous numbers, but the volume that he's seeing is insane. I mean, he's seen nine or more targets in every single game so far. I, I mean, Julio and, and Michael, Th- I mean, Maybe Michael Thomas is more of an interesting discussion since we don't know how long Drew Brees will be- yeah. miss, but I think Julio and OBJ might be too much. But Cup is definitely a back-end Bro, receiver one now. I'll tell you right now, if I've got Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, and, and someone offers me Cooper Cup for him, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just <laughs> – what about Juju Smith-Schuster? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Okay. Yeah, well, that was my debate as a Steelers fan. Anyone anyone that has Juju and gets an offer of Cooper Cup, you hit accept, and then you throw yourself a party. Well, there's two things. A, I'm from Pittsburgh, so people don't want to give up on their Steelers. But yeah. second of all, when that draft I happened, I wanted Cup. They drafted Juju, and at the time, I was, like, I was upset. And then Juju's been so good, I kind of said, I think they made the right pick. But oh. now... Cup would fit in pretty nicely. Juju, yeah. Juju is awesome. Yeah, they're both great. Cup is just – he's bananas ridiculous right now with his numbers. Uh, sticking with the Rams, uh, unfortunately, Robert Woods did not have a great stat line. Would have had one had he dragged his feet on that potential touchdown. Didn't happen. And Robert Woods so far has been a bit of a disappointment. A player who has not been a disappointment in the last couple of weeks, Gerald Everett. He's going to be one of the popular waiver wire ads going into week six. If you look at this guy's numbers over the last couple of weeks, he has been pretty good at a thin position, Graham. Yeah, I, I think a little bit of this was, was Brandon Cooks' injury. He left the game with a concussion. We're not entirely sure what his status for week six will be. Yep. Uh, Everett saw uh, 11 targets last night, which is just like pretty random, I think, for this Rams offense. They don't typically feature their tight ends too often, but I think it was just a, a, a factor of not only game script, the Rams were kind of chasing for most of this game, uh, and they were chasing in week four, too. They were they got down by 21 against the Bucks. Everett saw eight targets and had a nice game. I, I wouldn't be chasing this too, too much. But if Brandon Cooks does miss, that will definitely bring Everett into the streaming conversation uh, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and uh, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Greg Zerline had one heck of a game in this one from a fantasy perspective. I actually had him in a DFS lineup. Uh, did pretty well, but he did miss that kick at the end of the game. Although, you know, the game that... that Roughing the passer call was just not good. But anyways, a great game from a fantasy perspective. No question about it. All right, everybody, we've got a treat for you here. Uh, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport joining us on all things NFL and fantasy football. Rap, thanks for joining us. No problem, man. What's going on? Uh, There's a lot going on, actually, and a lot of it revolves around wide receivers. And the first thing I want to ask you is... What's going on with Stephon Diggs? You've been tweeting about it. You've been talking about it on NFL Network. Uh, Diggs seems to have some issues with what's going on in Minnesota. There was talk about him potentially being on the trade block. What's the latest? Yeah, I mean, I I would say that Stephon Diggs probably has the same frustrations that fantasy owners owners have, right? Because, you know, he's got all that talent. He's been paid all that money. Everything is sort of lined up for this team to be a very pass-first, pass-oriented, productive team. I mean, you got a quarterback who's making almost $30 million. you got two receivers who are making over $10 million each. you got a high-priced tight end. You invested a lot of money in the, in the offensive line. 
and they run the ball all the time. And, you know, you can win a lot, obviously, by running the ball. And when the Vikings have won, they've been successful running it. But obviously that leaves guys like Stephon Diggs kind of on the outside, um, you know, looking in. And I think his frustration is real. I know teammates sort of wonder if he wants to be there. He has said he has not asked for a trade. The Vikings do not want to trade him. Uh, they have been adamant that they have zero plans to trade him. We'll see if the market heats up a little bit, but right now it seems like this current situation uh, is going to be what it is for the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Stephon Diggs is seeing like five targets per game, Ian, is just egregious. I mean, I, I get uh, I get why both he and Thielen are, uh, are frustrated, and, and Fabs, I mean, they're both in squeaky wheel spots here. I mean, this giant secondary has been prone to give up big plays here. Uh, but, yeah, Thielen and, Thielen and Diggs, their volume is both significantly ticked downwards here to start the season. I would think that this week against the Giants, you'll see <laughs> at least Thielen see a major uptick in targets. Speaking of the Giants, Saquon Barkley, we've got video of him out on the practice field. I mean, the dude's quads are ridiculous. This guy looks Look like – I mean, right, I know. So, uh, I mean, are we going to see him, like, soon? I mean, the initial timetable was, what, about four to six weeks, and now – is there a chance he plays this week? And if not, when can we expect to see Saquon? I mean, they, they've gone, been sort of painstaking this week to not rule him out, but he's not going to play this week. I think that's, that's probably pretty clear. You know, it seems like he's a bit of a long shot to play on Thursday. Remember, they have the Patriots on Thursday. Yep. He has not practiced. Like, he's, you know, there's two things. I mean, we've seen him run, and that's good. He's cut. He looks fast. He looks like Saquon. This is all very, very, very good. But this is not practicing, right? I mean, he has not participated in practice. And, you know, until he does, I don't think we're going to see him on the field. And remember, before Thursday night games, you don't really practice. You are on the field, but you don't really kind of go through and get the timing and, and test yourself and everything. Um, <coughs> so, excuse me. So, um you know, I would say he's a long shot for Thursday, mm-hmm. but you're probably looking at him being back um, after about four weeks, which was, you know, the early end of the of the spectrum from a high ankle sprain. And it's the same thing that people close to him told me. When he had this in college, he was out for two weeks. Mm-hmm. This is a different special kind of guy, and I think everybody should have listened. Yeah, no doubt about that, right? I think Barkley has kind of proven himself that he's, uh, he's in the same mold as Adrian Peterson, just a true – True athletic freak. Yeah, he's a physical specimen. Sticking with, yeah, uh, with the New York theme, uh, Sam Darnold ruled out this week to face the Philadelphia Eagles, which means fantasy owners are going to be frothing at the mouth to start the Eagles' defense against Luke Falk. But is Darnold a week away from coming back? I mean, what is his timeline? Because you've also got Chris <laughs> Herndon coming back after a suspension soon, so the Jets' offense may be getting closer to being whole? Slowly but surely. Uh, now, as far as you know, Darnold, no one can say definitively it's going to be next week because this is not like an ankle where you go out, you watch him run, you say, "All right, he's not there." But you know, I, I can I can look at an ankle if I was a coach. I'm saying I could look at an ankle and say, "All right, this is going to be ready. He's almost there." Whatever. A spleen is not like that. Yeah. You know, he's going to have tests, more tests. He had him yesterday. Um, you know, basically, his spleen was just not ready, and his. You know, Donald very carefully said he doesn't want to go out there and die, <laughs> uh, which I am in agreement with. Yeah, man. Um, I think that's a fantastic philosophy. Yeah. You do not want him to go out there and die. You want him to be safe. Um, this was not a decision by the Jets. 
it was something that was mandated medically. So he's out this week. Sounds like he's got a good chance next week. The Jets thought he was going to go this week. So, you know, probably you're seeing one more game. And, you know, it's you're also, um, I mean, look, the other problem is, I know you're talking about the Eagles' defense. The reason that people want to go pick up the Eagles' defense is because you have Luke Falk, who took barely any reps this week. I mean, barely any reps this week. Great Donald point. took almost all of the first-team reps. So what is it actually going to look like um, for the Jets? That is a major, major concern. It's definitely a concern, and it's also a concern for fantasy in this game that Darnold's not going to play, right? Like, if Sam Darnold were going to play, we'd have a much higher expectation for this Jets offense, and in turn, we would expect the Eagles offense to be able to, you know, have to you know, score points to keep up with them. And, and now that Luke Falk is going to be playing, I, I don't think we have the same expectation for this Jets, uh, this Jets offense this week. Yeah, it's Le'Veon Bell and basically no one else. <laughs> Let's move on to wide receivers, Ian, because there's a bunch of guys that we have questions about. Uh, first, Tyreek Hill has been getting in limited practices this week. Uh, would you expect him to be a go on Sunday night, or is he still about a week away? You know, it doesn't uh, – we'll see what when the practice designations come out, but it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like this is likely for him to play just because – you know, it's good. It's good that he's on the field. I don't want to minimize this. It's great that he's on the field. You know, I was originally told uh, four to six weeks would be the timeline. They didn't put him on IR. They thought he'd be able to come back. This is all very good. However, similar to the Darnold situation, you know, it's based on a, a CT scan. It's based on how the bone is healing. So it's not a like, oh, he looks good out there. He can go out at sixty percent. You can't go out at sixty percent if the bone has not healed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is one where, you know, outside, outside shot this week, but at least a legitimate shot at next week. Okay, uh, real quick before we let you go, three other wide receivers, uh, Devontae Adams banged up with the toe, Deshaun Jackson mm-hmm. also banged up, and Jarvis Landry. Any updates on those three? Yes, we'll start with um, Devontae Adams. He has not practiced this week. You know, the, the turf toe injury is one that could linger I was told it's of the minor variety, which is good. So if he misses this week, uh, then, you know, he has a realistic chance of playing next week. So I think this all, for a team that should be in it, this has all been pretty good for them. You know, obviously his practice status will tell all this week as it relates to Devontae Adams. So I don't think there's going to be much kind of up in the air there. Good news uh, for our friend Jarvis Landry who destroyed you recently <laughs> on Twitter. What do you mean recently? Uh, it just happened he, like today, I think. Yeah, today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he he ripped you to shreds for saying that you should sit him because you should start him because he mm-hmm. is now officially out of the concussion protocol yep. and is good to go. And it's amazing. You know, we, we should all learn, uh, but, I mean, I do the same thing. It is impossible to report on concussions. It's yep. impossible to project. This is mm-hmm. one where... You know, for a while it didn't look good, and then he gets cleared, and now it looks fine. Yep. So, you know, it, it, it certainly sounds like he's in a position where uh, he's looking looking forward to playing. And then, you know, Deshaun Jackson is out again. I have not gotten the sense that that one is sort of close, so I don't, I don't know if it's going to be next week. I mean, maybe he returns to practice next week, but, 
I think we're still kind of in the wait-and-see mode for Deshaun Jackson. All right, great stuff as always, Ian. We really appreciate you joining us uh, on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Good luck in your fantasy football matchups uh, this weekend. I think you're playing Melissa Stark in our NFL Talent League, and uh, hopefully we will be talking to you again very soon, my man. All right, look forward to it. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Ian. All right, Graham, it's that time. This is why we're doing these Friday podcasts now, because we want to preview all of the upcoming games. Monday night we won't do because we'll do that on the Monday podcast. But let's start off. Jets and Eagles. Uh, we talked to Rap, and he's told us we know Sam Darnold's not going to play. Deshaun Jackson's not going to play. Uh, any Jets that you're starting besides Le'Veon Bell? Oh, man. That I means mean, no. <laughs> the Eagles The Eagles secondary. I, no, I mean, the Eagles secondary is just so, so bad. I know. I have no confidence in Luke Falk. I, I mean, I think in PPR leagues, maybe Jamison Crowder's a sleeper. But other than that, yeah. Okay. Um... Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders this week? How could it I know you love Sanders, but look, I mean, look at what's yeah. happened. No, no, I was dead wrong about this. I mean, like a lot of people were. Yeah, Darren Sproles is playing a ton, and Jordan Howard has looked really good. Um, his snap rate has increased, uh, in and now back to or excuse me, three straight games. He's gone from twenty two percent to thirty two percent, now up to fifty three percent season high in week four. A uh, huge home favorite here against the Jets. I mean, it, it's just going to come down to the randomness of who gets the goal line carries because I do think Sanders will still get a few goal line carries moving forward. But, yeah, I mean, I, how could it not be Howard right now? I mean, he's got, you know, he had coming off, uh, what, 18 touches last week? Yep. Yeah, yeah and, uh, you know, Eagles, I mean, you're, you're starting the normal dudes. I mean, Ertz, obviously. Carson Wentz is a really good play this week against the Jets. Uh, so, and, and the Eagles defense, clearly, is a tremendous play. You mentioned Jamison Crowder as a potential sleeper this week? I think so. I, I think Crowder's a little bit of a sleeper just only because the Jets are going to have to throw a ton here and this Eagles secondary is just so, so bad. Um, but yeah, it's it's still just the Jets. It's just the Jets. Uh, what do you think of uh, Nelson Aguilar with da- Jackson still out? Last week, yeah. targets were down. Yeah, as we mentioned with Rap Sheet too, I, I think the Eagles should control the game here and if they control the game script... Uh, that's probably going to mean less passing for the Eagles. Yeah. I think Jeffrey and Ertz will, will go off here, but Aguilar might be the, the one guy I would try to sh- shy away from some this week uh, if the Eagles do get ahead. All right, moving on, Jaguars at Panthers, uh, a game that Ooh. some might consider a fantasy wasteland. Let's start off with Jacksonville and uh, DJ Chark. I know it's I, I hate it, but it's just stuck in my head every time I mention his name. So Gardner Minshew uh, limited in practice on Thursday. I think we all expect him to play. Do you play Chark this week? Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I like the deep sigh. It's almost like you know he's meditating. Uh, he's thinking about what he should do with DJ yeah, Chark. I mean, I mean, he's had three touchdowns in four games, and in the game he didn't have a touchdown. He had one called back. Exactly. He should have had it. He should have had a touchdown last week. I, I mean, right now, DJ Chark is their number one wide receiver. Yep. But if he is not going to score a touchdown, he has a pretty low floor. Mm-hmm. And in this game, I mean, the Panthers secondary is kind of – they've played sneakishly really well last year. I think – excuse me, this year. Uh, the, the spot where the Panthers are weak right now is actually their run defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're top six in terms of yards per carry allowed. They've allowed the third highest success rate. Uh, already allowed five rushing scores. I think this is a huge, huge game. Uh, for Leonard Fournette, the Jags passing offense, they're just spreading out their targets a ton. I mean, DJ Tark is their number one guy, but, you know, D.D. Westbrook is going to see his looks. Leonard Fournette mm-hmm. is always involved in the passing game. I, I think DJ Tark probably has a, a high ceiling in this game, but a pretty low floor. Uh, on the Carolina side of it, I mean, 
duh, Christian McCaffrey is going to just absolutely smash everything in his way to another big stat line. But you've got concerns like the first game that, that Kyle Allen started looked pretty good. It was the Cardinals. Looked pretty good. Last week, not so good. And, and now that leaves you with question marks about DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson. Where do you have these guys this week? Yeah, I mean... I think this this Jags pass secondary now is gettable, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're not. This is they not, haven't this, looked good. This is not the same Jags pass, pass defense that we've seen in the past, and and you know Jalen Ramsey's status is still uh, somewhat up in the air here. I, I think Samuel and Moore are kind of just receiver three plays at at this point, yep. and right now there's probably not many tight ends you'd have that yeah. you want to start over Greg Olson, unfortunately. Yeah. By the way, uh, in our NFL fantasy live league, I think you have three tight ends. I do. We need to talk. Yeah. Because I've got OJ Howard. Yeah. It's absolutely. I have Hunter Henry me. Hooper and, and Olson. Uh, uh, we, we're going to talk Turkey after this. Cool. I got to talk. I need a tight end badly. Uh, anyways, my sleeper for the week is Josh Lambeau. Hey, Hey, man, listen, I love kickers. I don't care what anybody – I love you, Jake Seeley, but I love kickers, okay? I don't care. And Josh Lambeau has emerged as a very viable fantasy option, scoring 32 combined fantasy points in his last three games. The Panthers are tied for the most field goal attempts allowed, not to mention eight and a half fantasy points per game to kicker. So if you need a kicker, and a lot of people do out there, right? Steven Gostkowski is out. Uh, Josh Lambeau is going to be my sleeper for this game. Vikings at Giants. We just talked to Rap. He doesn't expect Barkley to play. Uh, maybe two more games before <laughs> Barkley comes back. I'm watching that video. I know. Man, everyone got so like, excited he about. He's just a beast. Everyone got so excited about the you know, videos that were it just really, I'm really annoyed with my family genetics when I look at a dude like that. Like, look at me, man. Jeez Louise. Unbelievable. But that means another week of Wayne Gallman. The matchup isn't great, though, this week mm-hmm. for Gallman. Yeah, it's not. But, I mean, he's. Volume. I, I mean, it's volume play, right? I was yeah. a little bit surprised Gallman did not see 60% of the team's snaps last week, but I think that was just because the, he was used so so heavily uh, early in the game as the Giants got ahead there. Volume's the play here. Yeah, and um, the the Giants, uh, outside of Gallman mm-hmm. in that situation, you're not playing Danny Dimes. I mean, not not against the Steve. Yeah, please. I wouldn't think so. If, if you're looking for a streamer, play Jacoby Brissett. Yes, yes, that, that's a good one. And you know what? We'll, I'll save this one for later. But um, the, the Vikings' pass offense has been dreadful. And it's not because the players are playing poorly. It's because Kevin Stefanski loves to run the football, which is great if you have Dalvin Cook. This week, though, I feel like, you're safe playing Thielen and Diggs, mm-hmm. more so Thielen. The Giants have allowed the second most fantasy points to receivers who are lined out wide, which is where Thielen is running about 71% of his routes. And I think the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And Thielen's going to have a big game this week. So you play Thielen, you play Diggs despite the controversy. Cook, obviously, is, is a must-start. So um, any sleepers in this game? What do you think of Golden Tate? Yeah. Do you think he's going to be a sleeper? Do you think he can be uh, a bust? Like, do you play him? Do you just pick him up and sit him? What do you do? Right. I, I think in this in this type of scenario, Tate is coming off a suspension. It's not like he's coming off an injury. He's been practicing with the team. I think he's a fine receiver three play this week. I'm very interested to see the volume. See how da- uh, Daniel Jones kind of spreads out the volume here. Evan Ingram has just been a vital part of this Giants passing offense. When Oda- without Odell Beckham, he's seen five or more targets in eight of eight games now, mm-hmm. dating back to last year. Without Beckham, I-, I think Tate is probably a fine receiver three play, but, man, I want to talk real quick about Thielen and Diggs. Yeah. When everyone is off, these these talented Vikings pass catchers as they're as they are now – in this fantastic spot, this is the time to get on. I mean, mm-hmm. I think 
both Thielen and Diggs are have just massive upside here in this game. This Giants uh, pass secondary is just getting absolutely victimized. I mean, DeAndre Baker and Janoris Jenkins, both the Giants' starting boundary corners, are top five in terms of yardage allowed. I mean, they've already given up like nearly 400 yards both in pass coverage, which is just insane through four games. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, go back to Thielen Diggs for one more week here. I know it's been very, very tough, but this is this is the absolute perfect spot for them to both have big games. See, and, and I agree with you, but I still feel like Kirk Cousins is a fade. <laughs> just like I just don't trust him. I mean, there was a few weeks ago where, oh, Raiders, great matchup. You didn't know anything. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, and I get it on Twitter because everyone always says you like Thielen and Diggs, but you don't like Cousins. You're an idiot, dude. No. Wide receivers can have fine games, exactly. great games, without their quarterbacks putting up monster numbers. It happens all the time. I mean, did Jared Goff have a huge game last night? No. He was fine. He was okay. Yeah, he was fine. But he didn't have a huge game, and and, and Cooper Cubs still uh, had had this, a monster stat line. So I'm, I'm cousins just this two week stretch, man. This is this is going to prove it. This is going to be a big two week stretch for the Vikings. Not only do they have the Giants' great spot this week, but they get the Eagles in week six. Yeah, another great spot against a bad secondary that's really banged up. Let's move on. Uh, in what should be an absolute scoreboard scorcher, uh, Falcons Texans. Matt Ryan, he, his floor has been good. I mean, he's still putting up points. Last week, he almost threw for 400 yards. He just have any touchdowns. Um, what are your thoughts on Ryan this week? I, I think Deshaun Watson, I mean, he's going to explode. But what do you think about Ryan? Yeah, Ryan is what he is at this point, right? I mean, the Falcons have been trailing a ton, and that's been great for Matt Ryan's pass volume. I mean, he's thrown 43. He's had 43 or more pass attempts in three or four games this year. Obviously didn't have a touchdown last week against the Titans. And this, you know, they took five sacks in this game. The Falcons offense, Fabs, is just discombobulated to me. It is. Uh, they, they haven't been able to run the ball effectively. But let's talk quickly about the Texans. Deshaun Watson last week just missed Will Fuller on a 75-yard yep. touchdown. He also missed DeAndre Hopkins by a good amount on a pretty deep ball that Hopkins had great separation on. They just Watson uh, just missed on having a huge game last week, and now he gets the Falcons at home. Yeah, this is just yeah, and and also such get, a good spot. So Will Fuller, I mean, he's right up there in terms of guys who are averaging the highest, you know, yard, you know, yards per target, that kind of stuff. I mean, he gets the ball thrown deep to him constantly. Last week, Atlanta gave up four catches of twenty or more yards. You know, it was the Corey Davis and AJ Brown show. Um, Will Fuller is a great great sleeper in this contest love him as a sleeper no question about that going back to Atlanta side of the football we're starting Ryan Freeman is startable because he's doing some work in the passing game and no team in the league has been worse against pass catching running backs than the Houston Texans so Freeman's a play for me yes now I Obviously, I got my stardom and sit him out there. I've got Calvin Ridley as a stardom. Okay, I can't, I can't accept that he is this bad and that this offense is going to continue to dink and dunk to Austin Hooper and Freeman. This is going to be a high-scoring game. The Texans have allowed the third most fantasy points to receivers lined out wide. That's where Ridley's about eighty-five percent of his routes. So I get it. He's been bad. Okay, I have him. I traded for him. I'm playing them this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's been a little bit surprising to see the Falcons spread out their targets so much. I mean, Mohamed Sanu has been kind of sneakishly involved every single week. Austin Hooper has been a PPR stud so far. Fast. Yep, yeah. yeah, this is such a good get-right spot for Ridley coming off a couple bad games. All right, Buccaneers at Saints. Uh, the biggest question in this game for me, 
is uh, which Jameis Winston is going to show up. I know, right? And if you look back at some of his history against the Saints, they've sort of had his number. He has really struggled against the Saints in the past, hasn't really put up any big games. Mm-hmm. But this Bucks passing offense, I think right now, is kind of starting to get life, right? I mean, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have kind of proven themselves like we already knew. They're one of the most talented receiver tandems in the league. And, mm-hmm. and Jameis, for what it's worth, like, I, say what you want about Jameis. He can get the ball. If he gets the ball just consistently to those two guys and they're going to continue to feature him, Winston's going to have an extremely high ceiling this year. And we've seen it with two back-to-back 30 burgers. Yep. I don't think he has that type of ceiling in this game yeah. because the Saints, you know, we know what the Saints want to do now with, with Bridgewater. They want to slow the game down. They want to run the ball. They want to dink and dunk, throw it super short. I'm not sure he has just a massive, massive ceiling in this game, but Winston's a QB1 this week. Yeah, held Dak to nothing last week, so it's going to be interesting to see if this goes high-scoring game or it goes the way of last week's game against uh, my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it, Saints, I mean, we get it, dude. You're starting Thomas. You're starting Alvin Kamara. Jared Cook, uh, I mean, he's not getting enough targets. He's not getting enough targets in the red zone. He's not running enough routes on the red zone. Just don't want anything to do with him. Uh, when you're talking about the Buccaneers, if you're picking out of that backfield, are we, are we sticking with Rojo now? Because we've seen his snaps move forward in three straight weeks, and we've seen Barber's snaps move backward in three yeah. straight weeks. I get it. It's a hard decision. Would you start either one of these guys? Ronald Jones looked like the significantly better player. I mean, he's got much higher yards per carry average. He's for, for significantly more missed tackles, but he's just not involved in the passing game. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, if Rojo's going to be rotating kind of with Peyton Barber near the goal line, he's not seeing any passing down work. It's you know, even though he's been the better player, he's still just basically a low-end RB2 flex play at, at best. But um, he's definitely a strong hold right now in yeah. case he does take over this backfield fully at some point. Yeah, Bills at Titans up next. This one could be like 6-3. to three. I mean, this could be like I know, a this, wicked low-scoring game. You know, I was researching for this game. It's just there's not really much to like here outside no. of like Derrick Henry and maybe John Brown. I will Kinda tell you, I, right, I, I, oh, the Titans defense too. I love the Titans defense. Okay. You know, Josh Allen banged up. It could be the Matt Barkley show. Much, much less mobile than Josh Allen, which could mean more sack opportunities for Tennessee's defense. I have them in my top three this week. If you like to chase fantasy points, let me advise you not to do it with Corey Davis and and Brown because this is an awful matchup. Uh, The Bills are giving up 144 yards per game to wide receivers. That's nothing. And look what they did to Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon. Basically, uh, statistically neutered them. Let's just put it that way. That's what they do to wide receivers. So I think you're starting Derrick Henry. Uh, John Brown, maybe, although I don't love the matchup for him as well. Maybe he's a flex starter this week. And Titans defense is, uh, that's about it. That's about all. One guy that I feel like could be a bust this week is Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker had four yards last week. Okay, and I get it. You know, it's week to week, and you don't want to put too much emphasis on what happened in the past. But, again, the Bills' defense, they're giving up 21 yards a game to tight ends, okay? And it's not like they faced, you know, curtain jerkers. Mm -hmm. They held Evan Ingram to his worst yardage total of the season. Ah, Bills' defense is great. So, Delaney Walker, uh, I love you. I'm a big fan of him. I'd be, I'd be fading. Real quick on the injury front, it looks like Devin Singletary might return this week. He's gotten in limited practices in every single day so far this week off that hamstring. I kind of expected the Bills maybe to hold him out. They have a bye I, next week. I, I will tell you this. But it I, looks like he's going to play. I, I don't think he is. Really? I don't think he is. Um I, I listen. That's, that's I, 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 mean. I don't know for sure. I don't think Singletary is going to play. I think they are going to hold him out another week. Um, I think they're bringing him back slowly. We'll see what happens. Uh, you want to check the injury report. But if he doesn't play, 
That's what common sense would dictate, right? Right. If they have a buy in I mean, week six. Then Gore's a flex, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. He's been fine. He had 100-plus against the Patriots last week, so uh, the man will, will, will never leave this earth. Uh, Cardinals at Bengals in what could be a sneaky good fantasy game. And I had mentioned this earlier. I'm going to jump the gun on my sleeper for this game. Andy freaking Dalton, man. I get it. He sucked last week. He was awful. The entire team was awful. This is a home game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals defense is not good, friends, okay? And if you're in a 2QB league or a Superflex league and you start Andy Dalton, let everyone else in the league laugh at you, and then after Sunday you'll be laughing because I think he can get you 18 points easy in this game. Yeah, on the flip side, I have another sleeper in this game for that reason. I know who it is. It's Auden Tate. I know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Auden Tate's a fine little re- he's a fine little receiver three play this week. He saw 10 targets in week three, got six more against the Steelers in week four, uh, six for 88 and four for 50 so far. He's played nearly 90% of the snaps in both games. And it's for as, as long as both John Ross, who's going to, who was put on IR and AJ Green, who we, I, I, I would honestly be surprised to even see AJ Green play for the Bengals this year. Oh boy. Um, yeah, Tate, Tate's going to continue to see the volume, and the, the Bengals are just passing so, so much. Yep, I, I think Kyler Murray uh, is going to have his breakout game, M- maybe you know a 20-point effort, 21-point effort, uh, similar to what he did in Week 1, because the matchup is right. Not only are the Bengals giving up about 19 points per game, the quarterbacks yeah. they can't stop the run, the, yeah. which is big for Murray. Big David Johnson's going to just gash them. <laughs> well, of, of course, so... These are the two most pass-heavy teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. These are two defenses that can't necessarily stop the pass. Uh, so that means we're going to get, what, like 17-16 to 16 game here? Just, to, just <laughs> no, right? exactly. total disappointment. Exactly. Uh, one uh, one note on, on Joe Mixon. I get it. He's been bad. Start him this week. The matchup is right. Yep. Um, another sleeper. Let's go Let's go with another sleeper. What do you think, Ken? Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. Christian Kirk is, is yep. unlikely to be out there. Yep. And it's the Bengals. I get it. Okay, we're talking deep league. We're talking DFS. Uh, But Keyshawn Johnson, I mean, and, and, you know, Demir Bird, I mean, like he had been getting a lot of targets as well. Keyshawn Johnson is out there. The the Cardinals, you know, drafted Andy Isabella in the second round Mm -hmm. this year, but it seems like he is progressing extremely slowly. The Mm -hmm. team signed Pharaoh Cooper. Uh, and I'm kind of expecting Cooper to start this week uh, out of the slot. Pharaoh, imagine your name being Pharaoh. That's just so cool. Yeah. Hey, Pharaoh. Ugh. That's a lot right. to live up to, though. Th- those type uh, of names. If it's like being called king. Yeah, if you're not in the NFL or you're not doing something great, if you're just a regular person named Pharaoh, then it kind of sucks. True. <laughs> Is it, that's like, I, I'm a, I, I, you know, North Carolina basketball. King Rice. I mean, you, you go, you go going through life being called king all the time. That's got to boost your ego a little bit. You remember King Rice? No. I'm, I'm, I do not, but I, I am. I, I am dating myself right now because, yeah, um, I remember him from way back when. You guys are just youngsters. So, Cardinals Bengals. I think it could be a sneaky good fantasy game. Tyler Eifert. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention him against the Cardinals, who, if I played tight end, could probably score uh, ten fantasy points. Maybe not, but you get the point. Patriots at Redskins. Get right game for Tom Brady. I told you to sit him last week. Start him this week against. The Redskins, who are giving up 10 touchdown passes over 21 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks, get his wide receivers into your lineup. Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon. Um, what are you thinking about the Patriots' backfield, though? This one is mm-hmm. a conundrum every single week. I think James White's the safest play. I think James White is the safest play, too. He has the highest floor in terms of uh, his, his in 
in PPR leagues just because his passing down involvement is so consistent. Rex Burkhead, uh, his role was cut significantly uh, since James White came back last week um, off of his wife giving birth. Burkhead's snap rate was down to 19% uh, in week four. Sony Michelle, man. Like, this is the spot for a Patriots running back to go ham, right? The Patriots are just huge favorites. They're, you know, 14-plus favorites against the Redskins. You know, we've, we've always wanted to play the Patriots' lead running back in these types of games, but Michelle has just been horrible. so brutal. His yards per carry is brutal. You know, he's still not forced to miss tackle either on on, uh, on defense there either. I, and I, he's probably missing James Devlin as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, for me, I'm fading anyone that's not – James White, because even like, you know, two weeks ago, it was all Rex Burkhead, and then last week it was nothing. I just don't know Bellatrix is back and in full effect and driving everyone in fantasy crazy. Uh, my bust in this game, assuming he plays, he's been limited. Terry McLaurin. Yeah. McLaurin. It's a tough spot. McLaurin against Stephon Gilmore is a bad spot, especially if he's not 100% with the hamstring injury. Those things scare me. So if he is active this week, don't play him. Vernon Davis is banged up as well. Any Redskins that you're starting, anyone. Any. I the only one that I think you potentially could is super deep is like Chris Thompson. The Redskins should trail a bunch in this game in PPR leagues. I think Thompson is a fine flex play, but yeah, I think you have to sit McLaurin as well. Stephon Gilmore is amazing. Yeah, he he has been ridiculous. Uh, one of the worst. I, I think Pro Football Focus might have this ranked as like the worst or very close to the worst wide receiver cornerback matchup. And again, McLaurin. The Patriots uh, can they can they will shut down this Redskins. Yeah, passing game. Patriots. De- By the way, I have the Patriots defense in like three or four leagues. It's my MVP. Like, they are a top five quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and the number one tight end in fantasy football if you threw them into those positions. And now they have the Redskins, whose quarterback is, at this point, we don't know. My guess would be Colt McCoy, but I have no idea. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Doesn't we, matter. we don't know who the Redskins quarterback will be. I bet, we, I bet we'll see two guys in this game. Yeah, well, n- neither one of them is going to be any good. They're going to be throwing the ball to the Patriots. Uh, Patriots defense is going to be a, a very strong play, as it has been all season long. Ravens at Steelers. Uh, this one ought to be fun, right? I mean, Steelers coming off a big win against the Bungles, the Bengals, whatever you want to call them. They were the Bungles last week for sure. Uh, the Ravens coming off a loss to the Brownies. So Hollywood Brown has been up and down so far. Uh, started off hot last couple weeks. Haven't been good. Just missed the touchdown last week. Uh, do you play him? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. I think last week. This is kind of what Hollywood Brown is going to be, yeah. right? Because he's seeing such his he's seeing his target so deep downfield um, that he's going to have some extremely low floor games. But he has weak tilting upside. I think the more interesting. Uh, st- Start sit call right now is James Conner. Yeah, uh, he's missed dude. two game. Uh, excuse me, missed two back to back practices with an ankle injury. Uh, we'll see if he practices today on Friday. We're recording this at nine o'clock in the morning on mm-hmm. uh, uh, Pacific time. But it kind of looks like right now Conner's going to be doubtful, and if he's not going to play, obviously Jalen Samuels dude, is a fantastic. It's like a top fifteen back. Yeah, easy this easily, week. easy. Uh, I'm in. I'm in uh, the league with uh, my my buddies from AIC, and Michael Bublé is in the league, and he's. I've got Conner. He's got Samuel. And, and and I offered him, because his quarterback is, is uh, Jacoby Brissett, I offered him Tom Brady for Jalen, mm. and he wouldn't take it. Mm. He wouldn't take it. I, I, don't, I, I, I know quarterbacks. That seems like a bad decision. But, I know, but, like, I, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I Like, it's a backup running back, and I, I just want the handcuff, and unfortunately I couldn't get him in the draft because Buble took him ahead of me. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, I could offer him free fantasy advice. Maybe he doesn't want it. For the rest of the season, I'm not asking him to sing for me. I just want Jalen Samuels on my fantasy team. 
And I'm giving up Tom Brady. Anyways, I'm a little annoyed about that. I thought that was a good offer. Juju Smith-Schuster has, uh, I mean, listen, 13-plus points in his first three games. Last week, it was just, you know, it didn't happen for him. But I feel like this is a get-right game, right? The Ravens, and we saw it last week against Jarvis Landry, who uh, Ian had mentioned took a little bit of a shot at me on Twitter. Um, uh, not the first time that a player's done that. Um, they, they can't stop slot receivers. Yeah, I, I think this is a decent spot for Juju, but the bigger concern for me is how much will the Steelers throw in this game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, or excuse me, throw out to Juju. I mean, we saw last week they kind of ran this sort of check down offense, but if James Conner is going to miss, I think that, that kind of elevates Juju back into uh, kind of high-end receiver two status for this spot. What are your thoughts on Deontay Johnson this week? A little sleeper? Eh. Eh. I, don't don't hit. Ah, there you go. Eh. Nice job. Yeah, it's just the floor is so low with Mason Rudolph. Yeah. If he gets into the end zone again, I mean, I feel like this is a. Juju it'll be a load of surprise. I, I think. So. Like I think this game. is a juju. I, I think he he bounces back. Uh, Bears at Raiders in London. Jolly, right? I mean, uh, we need uh, Henry Hodgins, our friend from uh, the Dave Damashek football program, in here uh, to talk about this game. But um, this is a game where there's not a lot of really great fantasy options. Uh, if you're looking at the Raiders side of the football, Tyrell Williams all banged up, mm-hmm. missing practice. Josh Jacobs has averaged nine fantasy points in his last three games. He hadn't done anything, honestly, since since that Denver game, uh, his first game. No. And I get you probably can't fade him, even if it's you know a flex starter. He's got to be in there because of the volume. But uh, he is he is a a big time bust candidate for me this week. Yeah, Bears run defense has just been shutting everyone down now back to back years where their run defense has just looked impossible Mm -hmm. to run against. Jacobs has been great, but he's just basically not playing at all in the passing game. He's been held around a 50% snap share for three straight games. Uh, they're playing Jalen Richard and uh, and Dwayne Washington over him in, in passing Passing situations yep. and on third downs, and especially when they're trailing. And the Raiders have been trailing uh, qu- quite a bit in week two and three. Um, I just, I it's one of those things, Fabs, where I mean you can't necessarily sit him because it's you right. probably don't have another viable yes. option. I mean, if, yes. unless you have Jalen Samuels off the waiver wire this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just such a such a bad spot here. So David Montgomery is someone that we all sort of agreed upon in the preseason is it was a breakout candidate. And so far, he hadn't done much. He hadn't done much. He had a couple of good games, you know, but nothing spectacular. And you look at the matchup against the Raiders, and you think, I mean, game script could be his friend in this game. Although game script has been his friend in, in some games, and, and he hasn't put up spectacular numbers. Uh, uh, an interesting little stat that I found: the Raiders uh, this season have held Philip Lindsay. Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, and Marlon Mack to fewer than 44 yards on the ground in games this season. So, again, you know, it's it's like, you know, you, you mentioned the Ravens and, oh, they're a great defense. Eh, maybe not this year. And then you, you look at the Raiders, oh, they suck. They haven't actually been that bad against against the run this season. So, I get it. You probably have to play David Montgomery. I don't expect him to have yeah, a huge game. Freeman and Lindsey combined to run for over 100 yards in week one. They, I mean, they obviously didn't rip off any big runs. Right. I actually think this is a really good spot for my Do you? I just, I, I have had, here's been my problem. When I've thought that he's been in good spots, he just hasn't produced. Right. I mean, he, he's not efficient. Right. It's just, it's been four games though. I mean, so week one was just a weird game plan for Matt yep. Nagy. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, 
Montgomery obviously has a decent game, scores against the Broncos in week two. Uh, week three, he gets 16 touches, just doesn't score, averaged over five yards per carry. Then last week, they faced the Vikings. He gets 21, uh, excuse me, 24 touches and just doesn't have a great game. But yep. his, his snap rate has increased now. Right. Three straight games. That's why I feel like you kind of have to flex him at worst. Right. Like, I have him ranked outside of my top 20 running backs, but... I don't know. I don't yeah. trust him yet. I think this is a really good game for Montgomery. The, the Bears here, are um, uh, they play, obviously, in London. Then they're in their bye week six. Uh, Mitch Trubisky will not play in this game. I would expect this this game plan to revolve around David Montgomery in the run here. All right, let's go through uh, the final three games here quickly. Broncos at Chargers. Uh, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman. What are yeah. you feeling about them? Yeah, they're both RB2 flex plays right now. They're both super involved in the passing game. They're they're base, The Broncos are basically splitting the touch share, the snap share, and all the routes run basically right down the middle between mm-hmm. these two. Uh, Lindsey's the more explosive player, as we know, but Freeman's getting at the volume as well. Um, it's just the Broncos aren't going to score that much. Yeah, you know, and, that's, and, and that's what Lewis that's the problem. Here. That's the problem here. Uh, I like Corlin Sutton more than Emmanuel Sanders this week. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, in Emmanuel's last four games against the Chargers and Casey Hayward, uh, he's been held to four or fewer catches, 68 or fewer yards, and doesn't have a touchdown. Uh, you probably have to play Sanders. You might not have to like it. I think Cortland Sutton is uh, the, the better play. Uh, very interesting to see what happens with the Chargers' backfield. I think it's going to be close to a 50-50, maybe 60-40 in favor of Melvin Gordon. Both running backs very startable against a really bad Broncos run defense. And then if you're, if you're talking about Phillip Rivers, historically – not great against Denver. Denver's given up the sixth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. Even uh, even at a home game, he's a faithful. Yeah, I've got a start-sit call this week. It's Rivers versus Winston, and I'm rolling Winston. Yeah, I would do the same thing. Packers and my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Uh, after, what that was a stinker last week. Bad. I mean, hell, everybody got shut down. Everybody. Uh, but back at home this week, uh, we talked uh, to Rap about Devontae Adams, uh, unlikely to play. We'll probably know uh, a little bit more at the end of, uh, end of the day. Will Rodgers show up like he did last week, or are we looking at a mediocre performance against a, a pretty good Cowboys defense? Yeah, I think the Packers should be trailing in this game, and if they are, it's going to it's gonna force Rodgers to yep. the air more. The, the obvious downside is not having Devontae Adams, but, but we've seen Aaron Rodgers in games where the Packers have had to chase and Rodgers throws 40-plus pass attempts. Uh, he's going to smash. This is, Fabs, this is just the ultimate spot for Zeke, right? Oh, this dude, is he, just the he may run for like 250 in this game. This is just the ultimate spot yep. for this. Pa- this Packers, their secondary is much improved this year, and their past, uh, their past uh, rush has gotten significantly better, but they have not been able to stop the run. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is, this is the Zeke spot where he scores two touchdowns here. Yeah, I- I'm digging it. I also like Dak Prescott because I get it. Like on paper, it's a bad matchup. But, I mean, this is a guy who ranks in the top four in passer rating when yeah. when using play action. And play action is going to be a big part of the Cowboys offense because Zeke is going to destroy the the Packers, you know, front seven. I mean, he, he's going to rip them to shreds. So I still like Dak. Uh, Amari Cooper, obviously, is a must start, uh, clearly. Green Bay side of the ball, assuming Adams is out. MVS or Allison? Straight up, I think I prefer MVS. I just, agree. Just because of his role. Both playable, though. Yeah, absolutely. Both playable. And then Jimmy Graham. I, Jimmy Graham maybe can't be a sleeper because he's Jimmy Graham, but I have him ranked in the top 12 this week. If you look at last week's usage, when Devontae Adams went out in the fourth quarter, had about 10 minutes left in the game, Graham had four targets. Yeah. Uh, he didn't catch yeah, but he's he, he's a viable yeah, option. Yeah, tight end is so thin. Graham is yeah. obviously a, a viable option. One quick note before we move on to the yeah. last game here. Michael Gallup is going to be back. Uh, he tore his meniscus. Yep. Uh, he's been practicing in full this entire week. It looks like he's going to play. I don't think you can start him in your fantasy lineups just yet. 
but Pick it's obviously good to know that Gallup will be back and, and fully healthy here moving forward. Yep. Uh, last game, Colts at Chiefs. This could be a high-scoring game, and, and there's a lot of news here to talk about. First, we'll talk about uh, the Chiefs. We talked uh, to, to rap about Tyreek Hill. You're probably waiting another week, uh, maybe another two weeks. We'll see what happens there. But uh, Damian Williams is back, and so that throws a lot of water on that Daryl Williams fire that had been burning in fantasy for the last couple of weeks. At this point, I don't even know if Daryl Williams is rosterable in, in smaller leagues because he's third in the pecking order right now. I mean, it's 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 going to be Damian, it's going to be LaShawn, yep. and, and Daryl's going to be a, a distant third, unfortunately, because he had played so well. And every time I see a 31 running in a Chiefs uniform, man, I love it. It reminds me of Priest Holmes, but you can't play him now. Damian back. I, I think Damian and McCoy are probably both flex starters this week. Yeah, you they're fine. Yeah. Great matchup against the Colts. Um y- do you like Demarcus Robinson in this game without Tyreek back, or is it just too hard to decipher one week to the next? Will it be Nicole Hardman? Will it be Robinson? Is it just one of those situations where if you start them, it's yeah. really a dart throw? I don't know if it's necessarily a dart throw. Just I think Nicole's bad game last week was just a little bit of randomness. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what they were going to be this whole time, though. It's like Demarcus Robinson and Nicole were going to be extremely highly variable receiver three plays who are able to tilt a week if they get into the box twice. Uh, but I, I think you know at this point, there's only two teams on by. You probably have at least hopefully at least two or three over other receivers that have higher floors than Demarcus mm-hmm. Robinson. I think he's a fine receiver three play, uh, you, but you just have to understand that the floor is, is pretty low with both Harmon and Robinson, just because, as you mentioned, they are liable to have, you know, just give 10 targets to Kelsey and Watkins and yep. maybe four or five to these. Two On guys. the cold side of the ball, Jacoby Brissett is a fine play. We, we, we've talked about it already. Uh, Marlon Mack has been missing practice, so keep tabs on his status, okay? And it's a Sunday night game, so Maybe go out and get Naheem Hines if he's available or Jordan Wilkins because what's going to happen if Matt can't play, I would assume that Jordan Wilkins will end up being the guy who starts the game early down work, maybe goal line work. But if this game is going to the predictive game script where Kansas City's ahead, Naheem Hines could be a sleeper this week in PPR leagues. Oh, yeah. No question about Hines that. Is, Hines is a good, is a good yep. PPR sleeper. Not only if Mac doesn't – if even if Mac doesn't – or excuse me, if Mac does play. It does play, play I think, I think because Hines he's getting pulled off the field. Yeah. Uh, real quick on, on Mac. He did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. This is the same uh, kind of script that they followed two weeks ago. Yes. He had that calf injury. Right. We'll have to see if he – if he gets an unlimited practice today on Friday, I think yep. he'll be fine in a play. But – uh, obviously, that's still up in the air. Yep, and then uh, T.Y. Hilton got in a limited practice on Thursday, so you have to keep tabs on what happens with him. If T.Y. comes back, he's an obvious start. Right. But you also need to make sure that you have someone just in case. You know, Maybe you pick up uh, you know, DeMarcus if he's out there, potentially on the waiver wire, somebody from the Monday night game. Uh, but keep tabs on what's going on with Hilton. Early in the week, Frank Reich was basically saying, yeah, we want T.Y. Hilton. Obviously, every game is a must win. This is a huge game for the Colts against yep. the Chiefs. Uh, but the Colts have their bye in week six, so they might try to play it safe yep. with both Mack and Hilton. Yeah, and if uh, if Hilton is out, I think Ebron is a better play. The Chiefs are giving up eight catches a game to tight ends. Eight. So uh, Ebron's a little sneaky this week. He is. You want to talk about living on the edge with a player. That guy... He'll drive you nuts, and then he gives you a 48-yard touchdown, has one catch, and it's you know worth 11 points. You're like, eh, okay, all's forgiven. Anyways, guys, that's it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and again, Graham and I will be back every Friday with our pal Kent. We're going to be breaking down all of the games ahead of Sunday's action. Good luck in your fantasy football matchups, and we will see you back here on Monday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.